welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. It is February 21st. I'm Conor Guerra. He is Chris Marler. Chris, we uh, we have we actually have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Yeah, we got a good week. I was gonna come into this thinking like, oh man, like it's the off season, we may have to come up with like some crap opener or something like right. that. But like, we have a lot of stuff to talk a about. A lot, a whole lot. Whoever said February was a slow news month after signing day uh, clearly did not live in the SEC when they said that. That was us, mainly. That so was us. That is tough to, to tough pill to swallow, but we're here. We'll make it work. Exactly. Hey, Jim McElwain can wait till after signing day to find his new job, and we can wait till after signing day to talk starting about to start talking about some real things. Right. Of course, that is the big news in the SEC. Jim McElwain, sharks and all, going to Michigan. He's going to be the wide receivers coach. He's Ugh. apparently going to help out with the offensive game planning. I uh, they need all the help they can get. I know, I know, but okay. So my initial reaction to this. And I wrote this in a column. We got two minutes in before I put a shameless plug in for one of my columns, of course. Of course, fair. Um, it it kind of feels like one of those situations where you look at it and you're like, you know, they could both do better. Yeah. Yeah. And I rarely say that. This because is getting I, married after 45. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like, okay, you know, I mean, like, I'm divorced. She's divorced. We're not going to judge. Um you know, her looks have, she's lost them a little bit. She's not the prom king she was 30 years ago, but I mean, yeah. We'll, she's we'll the take prom it. king? She was I the meant prom, prom king. queen. Dang it. Okay. Dang it. Regardless, either way. Either way, it's not good. I mean, King or queen, not good. As, yeah. I mean, their offense was terrible. I think it was like 109th last year in the uh, FPS. But they, he's not, I mean, is he going to be a great receivers coach? I I have no idea. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't trust him to do anything with my offense. No. And so, you know, obviously everybody's talking about how much Florida's offense struggled. And yeah. it was a disaster. For three years, even though they won the two division titles, it was terrible. Like, let's let's not get it twisted. So the great thing about that is you look at Jim McElwain's bio on his Michigan page. And by the way, did you see that? We'll talk real quick. We'll talk about that photo. Did you see the photo today that Michigan tweeted yeah. out? That was weird. Very bold. Very <laughs> bold. Was, I was like uh, really disappointed that nobody, because they're obviously, you know, go big blue. That's their whole thing. Somebody has to come up with a meme that says something about Deep Blue Sea, the shark movie with LL Cool J, yep. and go big blue. I'm not very artistic and great with technology, so if somebody can figure that out, much appreciated. If they can do Photoshop, we can do Photoshop too. Boom. So we'll make it happen. I'm sure if somebody, it's the internet, somebody's already taking care of that. Uh, apparently, like, Michigan might have Photoshopped his whole resume too, because... They said in his new bio, this is an exact sentence from Jim McElwain's Michigan bio. I kid you not. McElwain's units were explosive on offense during his time at Florida, especially through the passing game. When did that happen? I feel like that sentence alone should just have an asterisk. And then at the bottom of the page, you go to it and it says, but then, you know, Will Greer was suspended for... <laughs> it wasn't even then. And, and then we, you know, kind of uh, Florida fell maybe apart. Maybe a handful and, of plays. Yeah, I mean they were they were they were good offensive. I thought they were actually a decent offensive team with Will Greer. People yeah. forget that they actually got off to a really good start, and Florida looked like a legitimate challenger on that side of the division, which we right. we never see. But two and a half years after that, I mean, whew. it was bad. I mean, they they had just a stable of quarterbacks. Not any of them were good enough to play in the SEC. Besides Will Greer, exactly, and he needed a little bit of help to play yeah. quarterback in the SEC. Apparently. Um, so his offense has never finished better than 109th in total offense. 
Um, so that's that's McElwain pretty explosive. Or, or Harbaugh? McIlwain at Florida. We should preface oh, okay, that. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Harbaugh's offense last year, I believe, finished 105. Until oh, I was offense. off. Okay. That's out of like 129 teams. That's not very good. No, not at all. I um, thought it was a prime number. I totally messed that up. They were awful on offense. Also, oh, keep in mind, these two teams played each other last year. And it Absolutely. was awful. I'm pretty, like, I, I know it was 33 to 17. But two defensive Florida, touchdowns for Florida. Two, that, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. So it, it's weird because if you kind of look at this situation and the way that this is, this is developed, Harbaugh came to Michigan at the same time that McElwain came to Florida. And one could probably argue that Harbaugh's best two wins at Michigan were against McElwain at Florida. Yeah. Because you, you, you have the Citrus Bowl back up, you know, in the 2015 season. And then, of course, the opener this year. And that's when expectations just kind of reached a, maybe a high point, so to speak, with Harbaugh. And now he's going to hire McElwain, the guy who he dominated and ran circles around. Right. And he's going to say. As a receiver's coach. And bring him into the room and say, come up with our offensive game plan. We need your brilliance to, right. to come up. It, it's desperate. It's, it's absolutely also desperate. I also want you to get out there and put on your all-white new balances and show these receivers how to run routes. There's nothing about him that says, I know how to play the wide receiver position. Nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, there's, there's that element, and you're thinking, how is he going to work with – because Michigan actually has a talented group of receivers. Yeah. People might forget Donovan Peoples-Jones was the number one receiver in the country coming into the 2017 season, number one recruit as a true freshman. He played last year, had some struggles, but, you know, the talent is still there. And there's still talent up and down that roster for right. him to work with. They're so just young. They're, they're very – they're extremely young, and we saw that throughout last season. But, like, Mac is the guy that's going to maximize that talent – no, ab- absolutely not. He is not going to be able to do that. He had he had one of the best and most explosive receivers in the country with Antonio Callaway. And could, has he done? No, hasn't done anything. I mean, had had his moments, but couldn't get through to him. It, it's an odd move all around, and it was one of those when you first heard that it was reported, you're like, no, that can't. Come on, I mean, guys. Cannot, I mean, <sighs> it makes sense for him to like find a job and land on his feet. I guess that's a very high profile university and program and then it's such a fall from grace to be the receivers coach like when Derek Dooley left at Tennessee it was like oh man that was a rough three-year stretch and then he was a receivers coach for the Cowboys right so at least he's going to the NFL yeah I mean so I get that standpoint but it's just it's so bizarre because I think he he wanted. I I have a feeling that he wanted to be an FBS offensive coordinator, and I I bet he tested the market and was trying to see what was out there. And nobody wanted to hire this guy because they did not think that he was capable of developing a modern offense. And he really or hasn't. Maybe shown. he was, and he had too much baggage, like in terms of I don't know that um, being an adulterer with that shark or uh, faking True. that death threat, faking a death threat, <laughs> like. It's bad. And and so you can't make him one of the faces of your program, and it's a tough sell. Not with those teeth. Definitely not with those teeth. They're huge. I mean, They're real bad. They're, they're, all, they're all in a fight with each other going every which direction. He's going to have maybe like two or three media availabilities, if that, at Michigan. I would, yeah. He I needs mean, as little as possible. <laughs> I mean, none. They're going to try and keep away from the microphones as much as possible. Yes. And it's weird because you mentioned the fall from grace. And Florida, in the eyes of many, and in my opinion too, could be considered a top 10 job given the recruiting base that it has, given the history that it has. 
And you have a guy that was the coach of the year a couple of years ago. He's won a couple of division titles. And he goes from a job like that to a position coach. Right. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's that, that's tough. John L. Smith, say what you want about him and his fall <laughs> from grace. At least he was the head coach at that Division II school, which I can't, like, he's at Kentucky State now or something like that. I'm surprised he still has a job. Hey. Has he ever, did he ever get his voice back? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I miss that guy. I think we, we need him back in, in FBS. I think that'd be a great he, sight to see. I love, I love the fact that they, like, used him as a mercenary at Arkansas after the Petrino thing for one season. Poor guy. And, and it was like, oh, that's good. Like, that's good for, it helps both people. And then you find out it's like, well, I, I owe like $800,000 in like back taxes. So it's like this, or I got to like deal with like one of those auto loans on my car payment or my car title. So I don't I really know what to do right now. Like, oh God, John L. That's <laughs> terrible. Poor, poor guy. Yeah, fun fact, if you call John L. Smith on his phone, he will pick up an answer and you can just have a conversation with him. That's usually yeah. the way he works. That's, that is a real thing. He has no secretary. None. Arkansas, take notes. Yeah. Oh, jeez. We'll transition from one uh, from one coach that we talk about a little bit, eh, a little bit too much maybe, uh, to another, and a guy that has had a lot more of a, a, a different rise, so to speak. And this this news was just kind of the surprising coaching news of the week. Alabama goes out and gets Miami defensive line coach Craig Kulikowski. Craig Kulikowski. I'm gonna botch that it. pronunciation. Spell it. It's K U. L I G O W S K I. Yeah. Ding. Coach Cool, they call him. Oh, that, thank cool. God. <laughs> oh man. I th- I know why now cuz I I'm terrible with pronouncing things, but That well that was pretty tough too. Yeah. He's definitely Polish. He should be a household name though with the job that he's that he's done at Miami the last two seasons, 15 years before that at Mizzou. This guy might be the best defensive line coach in the country. I'll be honest, I'm not an expert in defensive line coaches and enough to say whether or not a guy is the best in the country, but huge, huge, big-time move from Nick Saban. So I will say I have a little bit of background, just not just because I've been a Bama fan, but I brought before like some of my best friends are from Mizzou, from St. Louis. They're big Mizzou fans. So I've heard about this guy you know, from several years ago. I heard about him for different reasons. You know, when he left Missouri, he was so disappointed that he was not made the head coach. Understandable. That he wouldn't speak to Barry Odom on his way out and then gave out the Mizzou defensive playbook to Ooh. their opposing coaches and staffs. So that's why they were really bad in 2016. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is like a well known fact. It's a well known fact. I don't think it, like, I don't. If he does that against for Bama, like that would be a problem. That would be yeah. a very big problem. But looking at the guy's resume, like I was, I was shocked it took this long for Bama to find a defensive line coach. Because Saban usually finds a guy. It's like either a diamond in the rough or like a, a, you know, maybe sometimes like a fall from grace. Like we talked about the McElwain thing. He had Bobby Williams as his special teams coordinator after being head coach at Michigan State. Mike Loxley was actually the receivers coach and co-offensive coordinator last year. He was the head coach at Maryland. Um, so he's had some big names on his staff, you know, Kiffin, obviously. But this guy, his his resume is incredible. If you've looked at it, he coached from, for, I guess, at Mizzou from 2001 to 2015. In those 15 seasons, he had 22 all-conference players. He had two consensus All-Americans. He had two SEC Defensive Player of the Year. And then he also had – they didn't recruit like crazy – well up at Mizzou he had five first round defensive linemen at Mizzou. he had nine he had I'm sorry he had 12 from 2009 to 2015 no, I'm sorry you're right he had he had five. uh 
yeah, the five yeah, first five. rounders. Yeah, yeah, but, but so, inc- like, incredible. Shane Ray, um, Michael Sam, and you look at other guys. You know, Charles they Harris. Came in, Charles Harris. You know, they, and they had Sheldon Richardson kind of missed on him. Mm-hmm. He was like one of the top recruits in the country. And what he's done with that kind of talent, I'm really interested to see what he can do with just that bevy of five stars that keep coming in every year at Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and Miami has had talent, but not at the level that Alabama has talent, no. of course. And a lot of the credit that Manny Diaz has been getting, and deservedly so, the past couple of years, Coach Cool is a big part of that and what yeah. he's been able to do down there. I mean, Miami's resurrection, you know, people talk about the turnover chain. Well, the turnover chain doesn't happen unless you're getting pressure on the quarterback, and that's what he's been so good at doing, right. especially this last season. It's, it's surprising, though, that a move like this, so everybody's been, if there's been... I don't want to say a critique of Saban, but if eh, maybe a slight knock on Saban besides the number six recruiting class. It's been <laughs> that the coaching staff has, there's been so much turnover and that he can't keep coaches anymore. So how fitting of this, of Saban, that he just goes out after signing day, right. goes and hires one of the, maybe like one of the best position coaches in the country, just plucks him from Miami. And oh, by the way, Mark Rick, I'm going to dunk on you one more time. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, I, I'm, I, I don't, the whole thing about him not being able to keep coaches, I get it. Kiffin's been very outspoken about that. And it would be difficult to coach under him. But at the same time, this has been the best program in the country for over a decade now. And a lot of that has to do with this being a stepping stone into going to the next level, whether it be going to be a coordinator somewhere else or being a head coach somewhere else. I mean, look what Brian Dable just used it for. Like, Yeah, it's not incredible. like people are like making lateral moves because they, they don't want to deal with Saban. Right. As much. I mean, Major Applewhite did that in 2007, but outside of that, hasn't really happened. Steve Sarkeesian needed one game to get a coordinator job <laughs> in the NFL. I mean, it's incredible. It's it, You're right. It's not lateral moves and people that freak out about that. It happens everywhere. Does it happen at Alabama more than other places? Maybe, but it just it comes with the territory. So right. you get a guy that comes in with all this experience and all this clout, and he's going to be able to recruit. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, he, he's going to replace Carl Dunbar. Um, of course, who went to the Steelers a couple weeks ago. And a lot was made about the timing of that and the fact yeah. that now this is after signing day and you feel for those Miami kids that committed to a guy who they thought was going to be there and they thought they were going to be coached by one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. That sucks. That's a bummer, but it's just another lesson. Don't commit to a coach. Just don't. It's it's yeah. really dumb. It's like thinking that you're going to marry your high school girlfriend. It's just oh, not going to happen. I mean, the odds. <laughs> there is talk about selling your shares too early. That is, there's no better example of that. Yeah, I mean, just just don't do it. Commit to a school. That's the best way to do it. There's an interesting story that that I saw um, about Coach Cool and the fact that last year at Miami, before before the 2017 season, at Miami's practice, Bill Belichick was there, and I, maybe it was Who's the that? pro day. Um, he's a guy. Sweatshirt that, guy. Sweatshirt. Coach, oh, sweatshirt guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saban really good senior. Shape. Yeah. Is he older than Saban? I would think so. I would think. I don't know. They're both. They're both just in the same realm of. of yeah. Okay. We're, we're just gonna say they're the same age. <laughs> yeah. So Belichick is apparently at Miami's practice or, or pro day or whatever it was, and uh, one of the Miami beat reporters takes a picture, and it's uh, it's it's Kuligowski talking to Belichick, and all these Miami fans start tweeting at the beat reporter. Don't let him go to the Patriots. He better not be going to the Patriots. And they thought that that Belichick was like trying to steal his coach. It was the first time he had ever talked to Belichick. They had a 15-minute conversation. But like that's how bad Miami fans wanted this guy to stay. And they knew how good he was. And they knew that he had other NFL opportunities. Apparently the Tampa Bay 
uh, Bucks were pursuing him last year and he turned those down. So it says a lot that Saban was able to go to Miami and say, I'm going to get you. I'll do whatever it takes to get you. And I'm, I don't care if I'm left, you know, without a defensive line coach in February, I'm just going to go and get the best one in the country. No right. deal. It's amazing. I mean, not many people would be able to do that at all. So yeah, uh, from one Alabama man to another, um, <laughs> We're going to talk a little AJ McCarron here because this is this is kind of old news at this point, but his his free agency is is just beginning, or or so we think. Uh, AJ McCarron is a free man. He won his grievance case Thank ag- God. against the Bengals. I mean, good for you, guy. Like you should have been. I mean, I, I hate to say you should have been free a long time ago. No, he should because, have. But he would have been free with the Browns. So what, is it really free? Also a good point. That is a very good point. I don't I like know. the fact that's even one of the top four teams still looking at him. You feel for the guy. You feel for the guy. That's if, just, if, if, if that's the, the path that he goes. Everybody assumes now that he's going to go to the Browns because, of course, the Browns had made the trade for him at the trade deadline, and then, you know, push comes and to shove. And it fell through, but then that one, like, there's the biggest reason is, was the head coach of the Browns, they end up playing the Bengals, like, a few weeks later, and he sees AJ and just full-on sprint, jumps into his arms and gives him a hug pregame. I love it. That, oh, man, that's a sad sight. When give a Browns him, head coach is like sprint hugging a backup quarterback, like, oh, what might have been? I miss you. You're the one that got away. But but is he that so that's the great question with AJ McCarron is obviously he had all this great college success and you know, you win national championships like that, people are gonna notice you. But let's not forget that he is very, very unproven in the NFL. He has 133 career passing attempts. That's basically a month in the modern NFL. Yeah. Um, here's a little perspective on that. That's less than half of the passes that Jimmy Garoppolo has. Oh, so, wow. Well, that's yeah. bad. Um, the one thing I'll say is I, I think he's going to be – I don't know if he's ready to be a starter. I, I guess he's going to have to be. Um, I would like to see him go to somewhere like Arizona and sit behind Carson Palmer if he's there for like another year and maybe you know, overtake that job uh, in a year or so. But, yeah, I mean, like I don't – going to Cleveland is a graveyard in general. That is just – at the end of your career. It's not yeah. going to go well. Um, I think he's good enough to play in the NFL. I'm I'm glad. I'm kind of glad he didn't get, like, I'm, I pull for AJ because he's a Bama guy, but I, I'm glad this isn't like Matt Mock 2.0 or even Garoppolo where it's like, right. okay, well, the guy had one good postseason game. Let's pay him, like, you know, a ridiculous contract of, like, 15 to $20 million a year for, for what? Because of one good game, and then he goes to, like, the next place, and he's terrible. Can't even, like, win the starting job. So... I I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I think he'd be, like, not New, not New York for the Jets, not um, not Cleveland. And then Denver, I think, is his best option, to be honest. He'd already have, like, a go-to receiver. They have a, they have a fantastic receiver core with um, Bebe Thomas. Then they have Emmanuel Sanders. And then there's one I'm missing, too. Cody Latimer, guy from IU, who's been, they've been waiting <laughs> on him to emerge. It definitely wasn't Cody Latimer. Definitely wasn't. No. <laughs> Regardless, but I mean, like that's what what they've done the past couple of years is you know drafting Paxton Lynch. They still have uh, what's his name, Chad. What, why can't I think of this? Chad Kelly, Swag Kelly, and then now Trevor they got Simeon. Brock Osweiler for like the yeah, and that, then Trevor Simeon. Like, there's no reason AJ couldn't go compete for that job. I yeah. think that'd be his best bet. He could. So um, with that in mind, um, I wrote. So last week we did Valentine's Day poems, and let's just say I'm still kind of in oh boy. poem mood. <laughs> um, so I wrote a poem about uh, A.J. McCarron's 
new new lease on life, so to speak. His his freedom, his expansion. Yeah. So so just know that this was not necessary at all for you to do. But I mean, yeah, we're glad to hear it. I'm hey, I'm I'm in the poem mood. This is this <laughs> is just what we do. <laughs> we're As gonna I have a weekly week. poem segment. We gotta talk about that. Hey, I'd be okay with that. All right, okay. That was really creepy. I apologize for that transition. <laughs> hey, Jim McCarron, this is for you. The grievance is over. McCarron is now unrestricted. He can test the free agent market which is making fans feel conflicted. McCarron is about to get paid. Who cares if paying an unproven QB is taboo? I hope whoever signs McCarron makes a rule that he must remove that massive chest tattoo. <laughs> it could be the Cardinals, Bills, or Jets. How long is this poem? Though everyone thinks he'll be a Brown. He'll still be a god back in Tuscaloosa because he owns the only sushi bar in town. Oh my god, that place. Smell you later, Andy Dalton. Cheers to you, AJ, and your amazing life. Just remember one important thing. Keep Brent Musburger away from your wife. <laughs> That's good. That's AJ good. McCarron, I don't know if it needed to be that to long, but it was, you know, oh, it was good. Oh, it needed good. to be that long. Need, well, because I kept searching for my Musburger line and where I was going to put it, and then I just, I, I needed to, yeah, I, I got to it eventually. But. That was like when somebody sings, like, happy birthday, and they get through, like, the first part, and they're like, all right, let's cut that cake. And then it was like... They go into like another another stanza and then another one. Like, all right, well, yeah, we got it, we got it. It was good oh. though. It was good. Oh, I like no. that last that last punchline. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Brent would still um, he would he would still be pursuing Catherine Webb if yes know, society said that's really creepy old man stay away. <laughs> do you think that on a scale of like one to ten, how many listeners do you think we may have lost on the poem the poem I, reading? I hope we gain listeners. I agree, but they're all gonna be like weird artsy emo kids like. Oh, I'm the least artsy emo kid in the world. I mean, I that's, that's fair. That's true. So, guys, and send us your poems if you have any other poems you'd like us to read. I would. We'll I'll do read that. all your poems. <laughs> that's that's the creepiest thing you ever said. Yeah, that's the creepiest thing I've ever said. All right, I'm gonna stop being being really really creepy, and we'll talk about like some cool non artsy stuff. We'll talk. We'll talk push sports ups. now. Push ups. Basketball. Fast and Furious Three. Yeah. Let's talk hoops though. So, cause. I want to talk. I want to hit on this briefly because you on Wednesday night will be attending oh my a gosh. certain SEC hoops game. I, Chris, who, who's playing in that SEC? So hoops game? I am going to Auburn, Alabama for the first time ever in my Bowl. life. The Iron Bowl is going to be great. For but this time not the Iron Bowl. It's Bama basketball and Auburn oh, basketball. Basketball, okay, a little bit gotcha. different. So. Uh, last week there was a, a whole bunch of just hype like surrounding this game because Bama was on a little bit of a roll. If they would have beat Kentucky, who was on a four-game losing streak, you know, then they would be ranked. Auburn's already ranked in the top ten at this point. They would both be ranked in the top twenty-five while playing each other for the first time in thirty years. Thirty Bananas. years. Bananas. So I decided to go ahead and buy a ticket uh, to the game. There's been a lot of reasons I've you know grown up with for not liking Auburn. None of them valid. None of them like logical, just because it's a rivalry. I do have one logical reason why I don't like Auburn as of right now. Tickets for this game, standing room only, were over $115. Standing room only. Wow. I bet, but I bet. So Auburn has sold out for their last four home games. They're going to probably sell. This is going to be the fifth. You know what a lot of those people did, probably? You know what I bet they did? I bet they went to Ticket City. Yeah, probably so. That, and that's where they got all their tickets. Um, Ticket City, in case you haven't heard, I, I, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again because it's worth saying. Ticket City is the quickest and easiest place to go for your tickets. They have the cheapest tickets, and all of their tickets 
come with a 100% Ticket City guarantee. All of our listeners can get $20 off their SEC basketball orders today. That is 20 less George Washingtons that you have to fork over. Those are $1 bills, so 20. That 20 yeah, yeah times I want those. I want those yeah. back. I, yeah, I, I'm giving them to you. All you need to do is go to TicketCity.com, find the best tickets for your game, and enter the discount code SDS20 while checking out. That's SDS20. So go to TicketCity.com and save Boom. all of your SEC tickets today. Okay. Now, that being said, I am going down to the game tomorrow. I'm really excited. So I'm going to head down there around probably mid-afternoon, probably on 3 or 4, get down there a couple hours beforehand. So I'll actually be taking over the SDS Twitter handle. Oh, that's about dangerous. This. Very that's dangerous. dangerous. I don't know what they're Whoa. thinking about. But I mean, yeah. Kid, that's giving a kid matches. That's what it is. Exactly. Exactly. Where's the gas? Let's do this. Oh, um, and and the Instagram account. What? Whoa. Yeah. I'm, I'm more worried about the Twitter account. Really? Yeah, the Instagram account. Like, because, you know, I, I tend to think that before people post on Instagram, they have more of a filter as opposed to Twitter, which can just be like words and just quick, you know, F-bombs yeah. here and there and... Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm probably going to do that, but we'll yeah. see. I mean, I'll, we'll I'm sure I'll have, I'll have a guardian angel, and that'll be our boss, so that, that'll be fine. Um, but I'm going down there tomorrow. Uh, I'll be taking over both of those, like I said. We'll be handing out some stickers, so if you guys want to come meet, uh, find me. I'll be wearing an SDS shirt. And if you guys have any suggestions of where to go, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook. A few different places uh, people mentioned today. Apparently, there's some place with uh, 50 cent Natty Lights and Wings. Whoa! I'm, yeah, the, the fifty cent wings. I'm more. I'm a little. College got rid of my natty light phase, but um, fifty cents in this economy. Yeah, that's true. If it was fifty cent PBR, now we're talking. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so I'll true. be going down there. I'm actually going to meet up with uh, a friend of mine. Um, she's going to show me around campus. Uh, her name is Mallory Hightag, and she actually is a huge Auburn fan. She won Miss America like a couple years ago. Sick brag. She, sick brag. But no, she's a huge Auburn fan, which I think is pretty cool. We do everything better in the South, obviously. So I'll be doing that, and then I'll be going into the game, filming all that, and see what happens, and then uh, hopefully meeting some fans. So if you're down there tomorrow, please come out. Heckle him. Yeah, definitely do that, because <laughs> Bama's probably going to get beat. Yeah, I mean, hey, you got to be ready for it. As long as you have those expectations, um, you know, that's, that's really what life is all about, is just having yeah. realistic expectations. Managing your expectations. Yeah. So when I was watching the All-Star game the other day, I oh, expected God. to have, you know, I expected to be blown away Whitney Houston style with the National Anthem. <laughs> See, Instead I didn't of, expect that. Okay, maybe I didn't either. But, but, I mean, let's set the bar somewhere near there. Fergie did not reach whatever bar that was. Ooh. Fergalicious was not so Fergalicious on Sunday. It was atrocious. It the National was Anthem of, so bad. Oh, it was it was like Carl Lewis bad. It was worse than Carl Lewis. It was it might have been worse than Roseanne Barr. At, lo- at least Carl Lewis is a proud American, and I can, I'll, I'll let that guy sing wherever he wants. You know what? That guy has defended and represented our country well in the Olympics. I don't in know if Olympics. he's defended our country because he's doing the long jump. He has defended <laughs> in in the hundred meter. Don't let's not forget that's about also, that. Yeah, that's fair. But Fergie, she's defended our our country by such hits like. Um, my humps. That's Black Eyed Peas, not just Fergie. So that that's is true. the record yeah. show. She should have sang with them or just, I don't know, anyone else. Yeah. A homeless guy straight off the street. Uh, anybody that works at the local In N Out Burger. Let's see if we can keep going. I mean, Will Farrell, he's in LA, I'm sure. Literally anybody, anybody would have been better than what she just did. And she she took her own own style to it, which is oh, never. usually not not frowned upon, but ooh. So frowned upon. It was so frowned upon. 
Yeah, it was so it was bad. Upon. So Fergie basically delivered the the national anthem from hell. I mean, it was, yeah. it was terrible. And she came out and apologized and basically said like, she apologized. I, yeah, she. That's when you know you messed up the national anthem when you have to come out with a statement and apologize because so many people were so offended by it. Yeah, the last um, time I've been that offended by a song to the masses was when Hootie decided to sing Wagon Wheel. And I know it's Darius Rucker, but I'm going to call him Hootie until he apologizes to everybody for what he did to that song. But yeah, that was, ugh, we're not agree. great. We're going to agree to disagree on that one. If you I like love... the Hootie version of Wagon no, 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 Wheel no, no, better no, no. than the I don't, fight I'm not saying public. I like it better. I'm not saying I like it better, but I like both versions. I like both versions. I can jam the both on the radio. I love Darius Rucker. That, that's my guy. That's, yeah. that's my dude. He's, all those songs are great, except for that one. Yeah, so we'll bring it back to Fergie, the real talent extraordinaire. Um, what I want to know is, and I'm sure, I mean, Jim McElwain, so we need to come up with a new verb for this. And the verb is, is have you ever Fergied something? Jim McElwain yes. just Fergied his way out of Florida. I have Fergied stuff before. I have messed it up yeah. so badly. I know you have because I think maybe, maybe you've made one mistake in your life. Maybe. I don't know. I, I have, just, just from doing stand-up, there's so many possible things I can close with. Just they're mainly shortcomings with women, so they weren't on a national scale, but they were way more embarrassing. I almost okay. would have rather been Fergie. Yeah, well, yeah, come on. It's, there are a lot of people I'd rather be than Fergie right now. I mean, that's well, yeah. That, uh, I'm in a fort right now recording this podcast, so I think like it's you're still winning. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Nope, not everyone hates me in America. That's good. Okay, so that is true. That is true. Not everybody hates you. But we'll, we'll see after these things because these things are not going to make us look very good. No. We're we going to share the times that we have Fergied something. Um, I've got two. I'll, I'll, I'll start us off here. Unless, unless you want to go. Do you want to go? I'll let you go. All right. I'll go. Okay. Me, you, you, me. All right. One time I had to do um, – to. this is a sick brag. Uh, one time I had to hand out awards at a Nebraska high school sports banquet. Yeah, fun fact. They used to work in Nebraska. <laughs> it was actually really fun. And that place was years. electric. Hey, it was fun, fun place to be, really good people, Nebraska nice, all that stuff, loved it there. Um, so I once had to read off some award winners at this banquet. I had to read something that was maybe 100 words. I think my voice cracked eight times. How old were you? Like 24. <laughs> that it was the sad cracked thing. when you said 24. I know, it did. My voice has cracked on this podcast before. It's, it's, it's really sad, I mean, and I get made fun of a lot from usually mainly my brother when that happens but it's fair um it, it, it's pretty atrocious and it was it was bad that night it was on and popping i fergied hard and i it's maybe the most it's the best example that i can give to fergie because i also had a microphone and i also messed up something that should have been really really easy okay um whew, i got i got three i'm trying to figure out which ones are most appropriate i'll start with this one when I was a freshman in college, I had like, it's like 2005, so it's like one of, the, one of those flip phones I had. Um, I so they had like the T9 to, to text. So it just like automatically guessed like which word you're trying to say. This girl I had a huge crush on had texted me. I hadn't heard from her in like a while. She was a year older than me. I mean like the biggest crush imaginable. And I tried to like jokingly text back to her, oh yeah, touche. Oh, you texted douche, didn't you? No, I wish. Uh, I texted back. Um, I didn't know how to spell it, I guess, correctly, so I spelled it with a Y. So what she got back was touchy. 
And then I panicked and tried to retype it, but made no effort in like correcting the mistake and just hit it again. So what she got back was touchy touchy. And we didn't speak for eight years. <laughs> that is, that is a real thing. Brittany, when, if you're out there, I'm sorry. Uh, oh. I did not mean it that way. We literally didn't speak for eight years. That was a tough one. That, oof, that, that yeah. bad. That is really, real bad. But at least you had the courage to try and fire off a second bullet and to try and salvage it. But <laughs> yeah, sure. T- touchy, <laughs> touchy, touchy is, oh, that's. It was real bad. That's I, got a, I got one worse than that. I feel for you. So when I was in college, um, I'm not a perfect person. You know, I, you know, we, when you're in college and you, you have a good time at, and you have a night out and, you know, sometimes you wake up a little hang, hungover the next day and yes, it kind of prevents you from doing some things. Yeah. So um, this one time, you know, when I was back back in college, my heyday, um, let's just say I was supposed to the following night I was supposed to have dinner with my girlfriend's parents. Dinner, not breakfast, not lunch. Dinner. I did not make it to that dinner. What? They were coming in from an hour away. I was going to meet them for the first time, and I was still so. Um, under the weather, so to speak, that I could not summon the courage to get up and go to this dinner because I feared what could potentially happen in this first meeting oh. with my girlfriend's parents. Fun fact, that girl married me. So <laughs> That's not bad at all. It all worked out. Okay, well, I'm um, Nobody ever you, had to know. Um, one of the worst things that's ever happened uh, to me, and that is I miss a wedding that I was in. Oh, that's really bad. Yeah. So this is uh, one of my favorite stories. Kyle Price, if you're listening, sorry. Uh, in 2012, okay, 2012. And keep in mind, I was very irresponsible this time. Not like I am now, all right? right. Totally different time for me. Definitely. So I am in this guy's wedding. He's one of my best friends. And it's down. I know he lives in Savannah at the time. I'm going with my girlfriend that I live with, like, you know, and we're actually riding down with another couple. At that point, I was like, all right, well, I don't need to know anything. Like, they have all the instructions. They have all the directions. Like, they know where we're staying. Who cares? So I, uh, the night before, my girlfriend and I got into this big fight. We break up. Oh. I, oh, yeah. I, w- I wake up at the bar, my buddy's bar. They had a couch. <laughs> they had a couch in the back. Oh, okay. I'm picturing yeah. you just sleeping on a bar. It's not good either way when okay. you wake up in a, like, physically in a bar so I was like, oh, my gosh. So, like, I freak out. I'm like, I got to get down to this wedding that I'm in. Hop in the car, and I am, I, like, I, I hit, I put, like, the address in where I'm supposed to go. But I'm not looking at it. I'm just, like, going, going, going. I'm, I'm in Atlanta. I know it's about a four-hour drive to Savannah, four and a half, whatever. Go. My phone dies. Like. Oh, man. And all I know is I'm staying at, a ha- like, a Hampton Inn. I, I literally pull into a Hampton Inn outside Savannah. I'm like, I think I'm staying here. And they were like. What is that crazy person? I was like, can I have some Gatorade? Was not staying there. Asked to charge my phone. Turns back on. It's in Jekyll Island, which is an hour and a half away. Oh. It is weddings at four. It's two fifteen. I like hop back on the road. My buddy's like, are you not gonna make it? Like I was like, no, I just because I sent him a text night before. I was like, not gonna make brunch. So I get in the car. I don't make it. Uh, oh my goodness! By the time I show up, everyone knows. Like, I walk in late, and I'm wearing what everyone in the wedding was wearing. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. And so I walk in. Everyone at once knows that, like, I'm the that missed the wedding. And so it was really awful. Uh, it got way worse. We'll, we'll tell the rest of that story some other time. But it was, uh, 
it was not a good night. I did not do very well when I was down there. <sighs> Poor it was guy. A be- beautiful That's, wedding though. I feel. I kind of feel bad. Like. I shouldn't feel bad for you. I should no, feel should bad not. for the other guy, but I yeah. feel bad for you because that's like, that's the worst. Wow. And yeah. I, okay. So you might feel worse than Fergie. Yeah, that was pretty bad. You might have. You might yeah. have. Okay. A guy who does not feel worse than Fergie. <laughs> but that, okay. So uh, real quick, I just want that to be a thing now. Uh, Fergie is something? officially a verb. Yeah. Yeah. If you Fergied something today, just let us know. And if you All guys right. miss a wedding, let's not call it a Marlard. Just let's stick with the Fergie thing. I get it. I might have to come back for that. Dang it. Dang it. So Tim Tebow has never Fergied anything in his life. This is Tim Tebow saves the world because he's doing that one, you know, kissed baby at a time. That's what Tim Tebow does. He makes the world a better place. Not enough people do that. We love Tim Tebow. We love talking about Tim Tebow too. Uh, In case you didn't hear, Mets general manager Sandy Alderson comes out and says he thinks Tim Tebow is going to play in the major leagues. I, do you want to start with this? Because I'm fired up about this one. I no 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 no. I'm 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 clearing the way for you because I I know you have some, some very passionate. I could not be more offended at this possibility of, of Tebow playing in the major leagues at all. And the reason why is this: like I played college baseball, not at like a super high sick level, brag. Very <laughs> but sick like brag. I had several friends like that were drafted off that team, really good ball players. It's really hard to make it to the major leagues, right? This kid has gotten – he's a fantastic person. He's a great guy. He's not even that bad – he's not that bad of a baseball player. But one big thing about baseball prospects is age. Why do you think there's so many, like, 16-year-old Dominicans that get into the league? That's a real thing. They start scouting out very early. That's why you start having, like, you know, all these – not tryouts, but, like, you have your showcase and stuff like that for 15 years old and on up. Um, I was very shocked – I, I played with two kids that were conference player of the year that ran, like, sub 6'4", 60s, which in, that's with you in baseball instead of the 40. That'd be the equivalent of, like, a 4'3", Like, really good arms, great years of the bat, like, hit, like, double-digit home runs, hit over, like, 350. Weren't drafted because they were 23 years old. Tebow is 30 years old. He hit 226 yeah. last year with a 309 on base percentage. That is not good. He slugged 347 though. That is so even worse. Yeah, That's terrible. Bad. And then on top of that, he played in 126 games. So it's not like there's a small sample size of what he can do. We know what he can do. He had 126 strikeouts in 126 games. Yeah, no. Strikeout a game. That's one 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 and one. Yeah. Do you know why? Cuz he's not a major league baseball player. He's not yet. He's so he's going to get to go to the major leagues because he is Tim Tebow, and it's a, pu- a publicity stunt, and that's fine. That's fine. But, like, I've actually played with a kid who got called up twice by the Dodgers. Twice. In two 10-game stints when there were two injuries, and, like, and he went to the bullpen and even got asked to warm up. Get him hot. Don Mattingly. Didn't bring him in. Tim Tebow is going to get to play in the major leagues over somebody like that that worked their entire life at it. That really bothers me. So, all right. All that, all that is 100% true. Very fair. Guys usually don't keep moving up through the ranks when they hit 226. And, or 30 know, years old. <laughs> and they're 30 years old. Usually that's not the place for guys in the minor leagues. Having said that. Oh, God. Having said that, I'm not saying I think Tebow is actually going to make it for the major, to the major leagues because of his merit, so to speak. I don't think he's also going to turn into a 300 hitter. and like No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, let's be honest. Tim Tebow is a quarterback. People forget that he really <laughs> wanted to play quarterback in the NFL. And did not want to play in any other position. He is a quarterback. So, having said all that, 
You see that video the other day? Swing of what? Good. No, this he did not. No, good. he did not. That's yes, it. Because the, the bar you've set in your head is not great. It's batting practice. Pretty good. For what? As compared to what? I mean, he did work with Daniel Murphy last offseason. Okay. Daniel Murphy's tremendous, tremendous hitter. Fantastic yeah. at what he does. Right. Incredible swing. Um, I've tried emulating it like a million times to no avail. Um, but... <laughs> Okay, so if you have everybody in your corner, you have all the you have the physical attribute attributes to be able to do it. Does he? Um, the hand-eye coordination is obviously the thing that's lacking. But people, which is the biggest part of the sport? It's the biggest biggest part of the sport. Tebow was a high school baseball star, which means you know he probably would have been drafted. I was so. a high school baseball star. I know, I know, I know. Maybe that's the level where Tebow was. We're gonna have to go back and he was homeschooled. He played high school baseball though. Okay, all right. He played high school baseball. He probably would have been drafted had everybody, you know, thought that he was... No, seriously, this was an actual thing. Like, he would have been drafted had he not been a lock to play football because he's a quarterback. Okay. I'm going to tell you why that's wrong in a second. So, let's just picture a world in which Tebow goes from high school, like, high school stud, like, stud high school baseball player to, okay, skip 12 years. And he's just... 12 years. Like, like riding a bike. Just picking no, up baseball again. <laughs> Let's just picture that world. I'm not saying that that world exists. That but let's just is the world we're it. in, apparently. He can he can actually move up through the minor league ranks. If Michael Jordan can move up through the minor league ranks, but he didn't. But he got better. But he got better, and that's no, the thing. No, he did not. <laughs> Michael Jordan, better than Michael Jordan in baseball. Michael Jordan actually got better towards the end of his career. I'm not saying he would have made it to the major leagues, as some have speculated, but he got better to the point where he was at least worth moving up in the minor leagues. And that's what they're going to look for with that Tebow. Is that's so all wrong. they're going to look for. They're, all they're going to look for is improvement. That's it. That's, that's First it. off, the only reason you're wrong, the main reason you're wrong about that is because the reason that he moved up to the ranks is because, not because he got better, it's because, if you, have you ever been to a minor league baseball game? Oh, I, I spent an entire summer working for a AAA team. You okay, there's a promotion every single night, right? Yes. There's a different promotion. Like They're trying to get people in the seats. So that's why they got moved up. I mean, Tebow, the major league teams played, don't care. The major league teams don't care about that, though. That's the thing. I know. That's my problem with it. So you have like Tebow. Tebow, like he he practiced all offseason with Daniel Murphy, just because. Like if if I went and hung out with Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard was like, "Hey, I'm going to teach you how to dunk." Doesn't mean I can dunk. Doesn't mean I can post up in the block. I mean, like, no, it's not going to happen. I understand Tim Tebow's in better shape than me. Totally get that. However, just a little bit. Okay, do you remember remember Michael Vick? Do you have any idea how many times he was drafted? For baseball? Twice. I'm, Never played baseball, not even in high school. Do you remember Justin Woodall, the safety from Alabama? How many times was he drafted? Three? Twice. Okay. And actually played in the double A. So it's not, they did not get drafted because he was going to play football. He didn't get drafted because he wasn't good enough then. I am, okay, all I'm saying, I think Tebow is going to prove some people like yourself wrong, wrong in the element that he can actually like function as a minor league baseball player as long as he wants to. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to bank on him banking to the major leagues. No, and you shouldn't. It's Next topic. Fun, fun fact, I actually have a buddy who is, in, who is an outfielder in the Mets farm system right now. He's in AAA, and he might actually have to like give way to Tebow. I hope he doesn't have to do that. Zach yeah. Weinstein, I but hope it all works out for you. At guys. least he hasn't been working towards that his whole entire life, and now he's right on the door, doorstep of like, playing in the major leagues. <sighs> yeah. But Tebow earned it, man. Haters going to hate. That's, that's our, next, our next segment, too. Uh, so that actually works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Look at that transition. We're getting used to this thing. Um, so from one, we're actually, this is actually still kind of a Tebow conversation because everybody freaked out. All the Tebow supporters in the world freaked out. The other day when our Will Ogburn, our producer, our, our man behind the mic, 
Um, Will Ogburn, the guy who puts all this stuff together, came out with an article about whether or not Nick Fitzgerald was going to be the best SEC running quarterback ever. Now, he prefaced that with a question. Let me just, let me just say no that. No one read. Nobody that read whatsoever. Nobody read. And everybody freaked out. Oh, how can you say Nick Fitzgerald's the best running quarterback in SEC history? It's not what he said. Nope. But, so, so to preface this, and this was the point of the article. The point of the article is that Nick Fitzgerald has 2,486 rushing yards. That's he so is much. only 461 away from breaking Tebow. His rushing record for a quarterback, his SEC rushing record. So you're saying Nick Fitzgerald will play in the so major leagues? I am saying that Nick Fitzgerald is going to be a starting left fielder for the New York Mets. Perfect. Absolutely. But, okay, so he's only 421 yards away? 461. So he's going to break it. He's going to break it if he's right. healthy. So he will be the leading SEC quarterback rusher ever. Of so all that time. question, that, so people, you know, people tweeted at us and people freaked out about this. And you had people like Barrett Lee who were going to come out and oh, tweet. Oh, God. Oh, like, oh, how, you know, how awful is the offseason that this question needs to be asked? The dude is going to lead the SEC in career rushing yards. He's going to lead quarterbacks in career rushing yards when it's all said and done. So to, ha- to say, can, is he the best ever is actually a legitimate question worth asking if right. he's going to lead this category. And a side so, note, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Barrett Salee, I know you're not listening because you only listen to your own podcast. Regardless. Tweeted out about 80 times too. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to get at SDS about this kind of content in the offseason, please do so without mentioning Supercross or The Bachelor in, in the same week of tweets. How about that? I watch The Bachelor. I don't tweet about it though. That's that's fine. That's fine. But don't get like, I wouldn't get at you and been like, you know, if these guys like, there's no content there. They're not talking about SEC football. You're talking about The Bachelor, sir. Yeah, just saying. It's it's a question that's worth asking, and you know, we took a lot of heat for the story itself. But you know, the more I read about it, the more I thought, you know what, this actually makes sense. And people, right. the first, the three most obvious names that people are going to throw out there: Tim Cam Tebow, Newton, Cam Tim Newton, Tebow. Johnny Manziel. Right. Boom. Big three right there. Nobody is saying. And he even said in the article that Nick Fitzgerald is not Zach. That's, that's a good one. That's I, mean, I, mean, I forget Zach, Zach Mettenberger. Because he didn't have working legs. His, his legs were like when Forrest Gump had the braces on. Like he was immobile at best. What's he doing right just now? Uh, I, I'm probably working at a carnival, just like firing like baseballs into like one of those three little cone or bottle cannon. things. He has people, a cannon. People forget he's got a really good arm. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Anyways, but so, I mean. Uh, th- this bothered me because the more I looked at it, the more I realized, like, man, even I have been underestimating Nick Fitzgerald, and I feel like I've kind of gone to bat for the guy. If you look at the numbers, it's actually pretty incredible. Like, so Cam Newton only had the one season, of one course. Season. So in terms of saying, like, he's the best rushing quarterback in SEC, in SEC history, it's tough to say that. Did he have maybe the, the best single season rushing, you know, season for an SEC quarterback? Probably. Like, the guy had 20, 20 touchdowns, you know, nearly 1,500 yards. I'll give you that. You realize, though, that he played one more game than Nick Fitzgerald, and Nick Fitzgerald had 98 less yards in his best season, the 2016 season. It's like people that are up in arms about this. like And right. Auburn won the national championship that year. They're a pretty good team. I will say yeah. Cam Newton was the best third and short, fourth and short runner, better Automatic. than Tebow. Automatic, every time. Still, to this day with the Panthers. like yeah, That's why, that's why River Ro- Riverboat Ron is who he is, because he's got yeah. Cam Newton. Exactly. All right, so everybody freaks out about that. And, you know, he's not – Nick Fitzgerald, is, nobody's saying that he's a better all-around quarterback than Dak Prescott or anything like that. But you realize that he's only 35 rushing yards away from Dak Prescott. He and 100% is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott was in college. That's a 
debatable. No, I, I mean, stats-wise, he's done more with less. That's an argument can be made for that. Dak was a much better passer, though. That's that's the thing that I. Would he also back. had Deronio Wilson, and he had a few other True. big guys that that were you know not all SEC caliber, but like you know second third team. He, he we'll, had some pretty good talent around him. That's true. Well, the the Dak versus Fitzgerald argument is going to be, I mean, because I think he's going to have a big year with Joe Moorhead. It's going yeah. to be there throughout the season. We can come back to that one. But for now, let's just, we'll stick to the rushing yards and the fact that like 35 yards away from Dak. So basically, if he doesn't get injured in the Egg Bowl and he plays in a bowl game, he's already he's already passed Dak, right. Dak in rushing yards. He's probably only 200 season. yards away from the all, the uh, all-time record in the SEC then. Yeah. So, it's only 460. I mean, yeah. So realistically, this conversation is, is even different. And everybody wants to talk about how great Johnny Manziel was and, you know, his freshman season as uh, talk about how great he was as a rusher. Absolutely. So he he finished his career only two years as a starter with 2,169 rushing yards and 30 touchdowns in two seasons. But here's the problem. In that second season, they basically cut his rushing yards in half. Right. So all and of a sudden, like his, his attempts. Right. I mean, yeah, whatever that was. So, I mean, you're looking at a, a situation where three-year starters are not that prevalent. Usually they go pro earlier like Manziel or like right. Newton. They're just kind of a one-year deal. And Nick Fitzgerald is going to have some really, really good numbers when it's all yeah. said and done. I mean, he, he was six. So, you know, we talk about the Egg Bowl injury again. And the stat that, that Will threw in there that I loved was that he was only 16 yards away from becoming the first SEC quarterback to rush for 1,000 yards in a season twice. If he doesn't get injured in the Egg Bowl, right. he's got that. That's his. Like that's. A, he also that's led a the really SEC in rushing two years ago. He led the SEC in rushing. I mean, the guy's like, got a really good resume. Yeah, a really, really good. good resume. I mean, think about that. Like Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, they were both in the league, or they were both in the SEC at that point. Alvin Kamara, I think, might have still been in the SEC at that point. Yeah, yeah. He's a rookie this year. Um, I mean, you have both the kids of Bo Scarborough, Damian Harris. Uh, who else are we looking at? Uh, was. Oh, who was from Benny Snell? Benny Snell was still there, yeah. Um, in his freshman year. I don't, I don't know who else we have off the top of my head, but regardless, like that is that is an incredible step. Led the conference in rushing. I mean, so the, the 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 hate for Nick Fitzgerald, like that people were just. Somebody said like you have till seven twenty to delete this tweet. <laughs> Give me a break. Give me what a does break, that guy. mean? Who did, who said that? Dude, dude, go home. Like, look at the numbers. Read the article. Stop wanna, just reading how I want to know and... why he thought that that one that seven twenty was so important. I want to know why he thought he had that kind of authority. Yeah, if you're no, if you're listening, please. please let us know why why you let thought you know. had that kind of authority. Man. That'd be great. You have until seven twenty a.m. to let us know. Yes, yes. We're gonna give you the ultimate. How you like those <laughs> turntables, son? Just okay, so. well, right, there we go. We yeah. got it. Yeah, well, we got it. <laughs> So, anyways, I mean, I feel bad because, you know, Will, Will took a lot of heat for that. I don't think he should have, but Nick Fitzgerald, incredible quarterback. He's going to be one of the greats when it's all said and done. It yeah. doesn't matter that Tennessee Chattanooga was the only team that recruited him besides Mississippi State. Just saying. I, he's an incredible quarterback, and if his foot is facing the same way as his ankle, I think that he'll have a great season. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll close out on our, our favorite segments uh, that usually this is what gets us a little bit, you know. Amped up. A little bit amped up. Uh, it's It just means more. And if you follow the SDS podcast on Twitter, at the SDS pod, by the way, um, you might have you might have saw a little teaser on, on Tuesday. I tweeted this out. Um, new Texas A&M assistant Tim Brewster comes out with his fire tweet, and he says, to say that the Big 12 is even on the same planet with the SEC is straight crazy. The elite players in Texas totally understand. Hashtag SEC! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! 
Okay. <laughs> Somebody's real excited about that Jimbo hire. Tim Brewster is Jimbo's dude. Um, yeah. He's been chilling. He's been Jimbo's like right hand man for the last five, six years now. And he's feeling the Jimbo juice. Let's just say that. That's a good way to put it. He, he is like a, what's his name in 8 Mile? The guy shoots himself in the leg. He gets all excited. He's always backing up Eminem. Yes. He's, yes. I was, I, I like that. that. Wish I knew I was who thinking, it was. <laughs> oh, what's, what's his name? Because B-Rabbit is Eminem. It's not Papa Doc. Um, yeah. Either way. But that's who that guy is. He's, he's, the, ultimate, he's the little guy with, like, with Scott Farkas in, in A Christmas Story. Just constantly, like, yeah. Like wearing yeah. his little stupid leather jacket and like thinking he's a lot cooler than he is. I, I, he is. Like, I, I get what he's saying, but you don't get to make that, that statement, sir. And Texas had a hell of a year in recruiting. He's scrappy do. That's who he is. That, <laughs> Let that's me good. At him. That Let is me yeah, at him. that's exactly so then, right. It was Jimbo it was, with Scooby. That <laughs> I like that too. Um, <laughs> no, I just I was kind of surprised by it. I mean, like the Big Twelve, I think, year in, year out, is one of the more competitive conferences. There's so much parody in it. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it ends up usually being kind of top heavy. Usually it does. But so of course, you know, regardless of what of what he actually said. Everybody, of course, right away points out the fact that seven months ago, while he was, while Tim Brewster was on Jimbo Fisher's staff at Florida State, he tweeted out, Jimbo is dead right. The ACC is the best football conference in the nation. Hashtag facts. Oh, my God. I love Tim Brewster. Oh, my <laughs> this God. Is so great. He's gonna, he is going to provide, SEC fans are going to get to know Tim Brewster so well because he just takes shots on Twitter. Like, he, he doesn't <sighs> care. Like, after, was it after the Orange Bowl... Um, after the 2016 Orange Bowl, he just like starts calling out Michigan's tight ends and stuff, and it's like well, I can't remember the exact the exact comment. Jake Butt, it better been Jake funny. Butt. Jake Butt won the he won the Mackey Award, like he was the best tight end in yeah. the country. Worst last and, name, uh, but best best tight end. I'd argue best last name. I think it's it's a good spin. You could do a lot of stuff with that. Um, but Tim Brewster is just that guy who like he'll call people out. He doesn't really care if you know his facts there's are facts way off. In, yeah. There's facts involved. <laughs> yeah, just hashtag facts involved. I'll um, fight you right now. I love it though. Don't like, don't do that. <laughs> Fourteen of the top twenty recruits in the state of Texas committed to Big Twelve schools, uh, including <laughs> six of the top seven last year. So your head coach whatever. went five and six in the ACC, and then left early before that last final game. I, yeah, I mean, you had to beat Delaware State to hopefully get bowl eligible. That's not I mean, even. That's like the third best school in Delaware. That's a real fact. How many? Power ranked Delaware schools. UD go. is number one, and there's some D three school that's that's won like three straight national titles or something like that, or they've they've like been close. Oh, isn't that um? They had their uh, their quarterback went to the uh, Packers last year. Oh, I should know this. Some of the this W. Is, this is some bad radio. Yeah. I'm Either way, we'll move on. They're third, and Joe Smyrna, Smyrna High School is probably better than both of them. So boom, throw that out there. There you go. That's a good point. So I mean, the the odd thing about this is. Of course, he's just saying it to, you know, he's, it's what Tim Brewster does. He just likes to get people riled up. AM does have verbal pledges from six Texas recruits in its 2019 class already, including five-star safety Brian Williams. AM's going to be a player. They are going to compete with Texas year in, year out, I think, in the recruiting ground because Jim, that's what Jimbo does. I actually okay. think that they have a legitimate chance to hang around. Will they be better than Texas? Time will tell. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's a really, really tough thing to do with how well Tom Herman's been doing there. I... <sighs> Who cares? <laughs> just throw that out there. I mean, like, like I hate to say it, but I mean, it's it's weird. Like, just pipe down, dude. Pipe down, A and M. You're not you're not at that level. You were at that level, like even last year. They were ranked in the top six at one point last year. 
But yeah, you can't just be coming in here as like the fifth best team in your division and trying to talk trash to the team that's fifth best in their conference. Yeah. 20, 2016, you're talking about with AM, right? Yeah, they were drinking top six. Top I think they were top they were top four because they got a they got a like a playoff. They were, they were number four in playoff rankings at one point. Then they so. could have been talking trash. Yeah, then they could have been talking trash. Of course, this is this is just in reference to what Mike Gundy said a month ago, where he said the SEC in Texas was a fad. It was like the hoverboard. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. Which I mean, Mike Gundy with that hair, you can say whatever you want. But if like, it's gonna incite like a back and forth, like like just battle, like a roast battle between the two, then I'm, I'm all for it. it. Then Brewster, yes. keep doing it because I would love to hear Gundy and you go back and forth. Fantastic. And, and as we know, Tom Herman is not afraid to take a little shot at, at an SEC player or a coach. Yes, that is true. Looking at you, Drew Locke. That Looking was tough. The little backpack was... thing. Nobody even got that joke, but it was it was all over the place. It was all over the internet. We are all over the internet. Make sure you are following all of our Twitter accounts uh, at the SDS Pod. As I said earlier, I hope you are tweeting at us. Hashtag yeah. it just means more. I love your ideas. I love seeing stuff like this because it just it, it makes my heart grow a little bit fonder. You're Towards, gonna write another poem, aren't you? I am gonna write another <laughs> poem. That's 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 really where I'm getting at. If I could just write poems every week for this podcast, you know what? That's um, not gonna happen. We're just gonna go ahead and put an yeah, end to that right now. We're just not gonna <laughs> I think I think Adrian McCarron's gonna appreciate that poem. I think he's really gonna. Yeah. He's, he's if gonna, Tim Tebow I'll, makes it to the major leagues, you can write a poem on a weekly segment. Nice. All right. <laughs> I'll agree to that. I'll absolutely agree to that. Make sure you're you're subscribing to the SDS podcast. Uh, find us on iTunes wherever you download all of your podcasts. Uh, it's February. We're, we're we're so appreciative that you guys are joining yeah, us. Yeah, guys. Yeah, we're, we're just going to be with you guys every Wednesday through the off season, whether you like it or not. So. And also this Saturday, I will be with you. If you if anyone lives in Atlanta, I'm just going to throw this out there. I work yes. with this charity called the Cupid Undie Run. It's a, a really good time. They do a um, yearly or annual fundraiser it's to help fight neurofibromatosis. Uh, it's a, it's a charity that's like really dear to me. So they actually are a lot of fun. Um, on every, I guess this Saturday on the 24th in Buckhead. So if you live in Atlanta, uh, Big Sky in Buckhead, they're going to be doing a mile-ish long run, and then just a huge party afterwards. Chris, your boy here has an open bar tab, so come Ooh. come say hey, mention the podcast, get a free drink on me. Uh, if you want to run the race and help raise money, I like, love it, really appreciate it. Use the promo code MarlerATL and you'll get twenty five percent off. So hopefully I'll see you guys out there. Uh, and also I got a bunch of stickers to give away about states yes. that I don't cheer for. So if you guys want to come on out, get a free sticker. Hey, you guys are going to be getting those in the mail. We sent the, the first hundred out uh, this week. I believe we're going to be sending the next hundred decals out next week. Be on the lookout for those. Nice mail. Check your mail, check your podcast, check all that good all stuff. All the above. Yes. We appreciate you guys joining us. Until next week, this has been the SDS Podcast. And remember, remember, it just means more. It just means more.